Sunday Nights Live, brought to you by LGB Marine, the marine construction and services specialists. Battlers, we are back. Along with the Telstra Premiership making its long-awaited return to the airwaves, kicking off at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas today. How good. Well, we have plenty, plenty to discuss in this week's Night of News segment, looking ahead to our Round 1 clash against the Raiders. It's getting closer, Battlers. It's getting closer. But look, tonight is a very special show. This man has represented his country 17 times. He's represented his state 11 times. He's represented our club, the Knights, on 221 occasions, scoring 68 tries and a field goal. He's the sixth most capped Newcastle Knight of all time and former CEO of the Knights. Battlers, I'm talking the none other than Mr. Flick Pass himself, Matthew Gidley. So sit back, get comfortable. We have a Malcolm really great show for you tonight. So let's go. Welcome to the Knighted Podcast with your hosts, Lincoln Ison, Sean Lazenby, and Matt Storky Stork. That's right, Battlers, we're back with none other than Matthew Gidley. Mate, how are we doing, pal? Really good, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Mate, we greatly appreciate it, mate. We know you're a very, very busy man. And uh, no, we can't appreciate you coming on enough, mate, seriously. Um, but what an afternoon, mate. I hope you uh, I hope you indulge yourself in some rugby league this week like the rest of us boys. Yeah, I did. I was just going to say the time is quite good, isn't it, on the end of the footy season. Um, it was funny, yesterday afternoon... Um, I didn't have a lot on, so I was sort of just around home looking for things to do, and I thought it'd be nice to have some free on this afternoon. So, um, yeah, I think yeah, I think everyone's starting to feel the same way. Isn't it? It's always nice to have the summer break, but um, yeah, the top the timing's perfect. So it was nice to uh, yeah turn the free on this afternoon and a couple of good games. It was. They were both excellent games, actually mm. excellent games. And um, I actually indulged in it a bit because us boys were we're on a bit of a health kick. As mm. you do towards the year, mate, and the end of Christmas, you you do pack on a few kegs. But I don't know about you boys. I actually indulged a bit. I had a couple yeah, of twiggy sticks and some chippies and some <laughs> beers. Oh, <laughs> twiggy sticks. How good are twiggy sticks, mate? Massively underrated twiggy sticks. Nothing wrong with twiggy stick, mate. Very underrated. I was going past Coles and um, they caught my eye, and yeah, so I nailed mm. the twiggy sticks. You go the spicy mate. ones or the mild ones? No, nah, I'm a mild man, mate. No, uh, okay. you got to get the spicy. Yeah, spicy. I'm not a big spicy, spicy man at all. But uh, okay. let's let's talk That's Vegas. Vegas to begin with. Um, I just think it was a humongous win for the NRL. Like just the logistics of getting that to happen. Uh, what did we say? There was over forty thousand, which I don't know if mm. anyone saw forty thousand coming. The place looked absolutely packed. Two, as Matt said, two great games of football. 
you could be forgiven that the field was actually narrower and shorter, really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's that's um something I wanted to bring up with you, Matt, was as as a center, would have that worried you going into a field knowing that it's narrower? Yeah, it's it's a good it's it's interesting, isn't it? I um I was with a couple of my mates this morning and this topic came up and we all sort of thought um the four of us said it'd be difficult to score points today. Um, that was obviously wasn't the case, obviously, in the first game. But um, yeah, you would have thought so, particularly with the way um, defenses have improved over the last sort of you know five years or so, or particularly the last few years. But I think um, yeah, the first game's a cracker. It probably forces teams to um, be a little less, less structured sometimes and try and find some some, some ways through the middle. Uh, we saw yeah. that both games, but I think. Um, yeah, despite the fact that it was a bit narrower, people thought it may, it may, it, we may have been able to showcase the game in, in, its, in its best sort of quality. But, um, yeah, no, the guys are talented enough to still manage to do it. Did, yeah, did you pick up you, that it was two very different games today? Like, the Broncos-Roosters game seemed to, as you said, it seemed to be a lot more structured and through the middle, whereas the first game, they didn't seem to have that plan, and that's obviously why we saw more points. Yeah, no, I think so. A couple of intercepts. Um, I mean, Cherry Evans is, in, you know, he, he's so creative. He, he popped out mm. after a couple of short grubbers and tries. And Sam Walker's very creative as well. So, um, yeah, no, it, it was definitely a talking point going into the game. And I think what, what we didn't want to see um, is, you know, by going to Vegas, is, is it being sort of not our best product and being mm. you know, possibly, a, a, you know, a dull affair. But um, listen, the, the four teams that played, I think um, – you know, did a really good job of representing rugby league. Um, they're four quality teams, and um, you know the fact that they went over there. There was a bit of pressure on the teams to deliver um, because oh, absolutely a hyper read it. So, yeah, full credit to the boys. I thought they all played really well today. You couldn't have written a better start to that first game. Like, obviously, they pumped it up. The promotion was really around the big hits and the speed of the game, and like pretty much straight off the bat, that delivered straight away. Like, how good was it here on that crowd? Every time there was a big hit, and you'd hear the crowd go, "Ooh!" Like, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you could, I mean, you could tell that the, the players and the teams, I know they were over there early, but everyone did a really good job promoting the event. But I had the feeling that the guys would sit down sort of midweek and say, right, we, we need to live, deliver now. We need to play really well. Let's start the season well. I know there's been a lot of hype around Vegas and all the sort of, um, you know, interesting parts about being over there. But I think um, they got their stuff. They're nice and aggressive today. They played really well. So I think full credit to the boys. There's a bit of pressure on them to to play well, and um, I think I think they showcase their game really well. Do you know who should get a good rap too? Is the refs. Mm. It was great to see the ref. It's, it, you know, I, I'm sure the NRL might have had a, a word to him and say, look, please, for God's sake, put the whistle away. We don't want – you know what I mean? They, they can't, it seems like every year the NRL sort of picks one or two things, really comes down hard on it in the first couple of months, and you never see it penalised again. But, you know, we are trying to showcase this game to the world. Yeah. You know, maybe turn a blind eye. Maybe there's – a shot that you might you might want penalty back home, maybe just let it go. But I, I thought both games were great. They just flowed. The ten meters looked like a good ten meters. They gave the team plenty of space. Um, yeah, all in all, I think it was a massive, massive win. It was a pinch yourself, wasn't it? It was, it was so surreal. Like just the like when you stop for a second and just thought like the game. Like in my opinion, the best game of all is like on the center stage. You know, in Las Vegas. You know where mm. the Super Bowl was. It's just like a pinch yourself moment. It was yeah, it was amazing. To have the yeah. NRL, just to just to have the NRL in Vegas and being in around that, let's face it, the entertainment mecca of the world, yeah, humongous, absolutely humongous. But look, enough of that. We're not here to talk about Peter Valenti's in the NRL in Vegas, Matt. Mate, we're here. We're here to um, we're here to talk about you, pal. Let's 
Let's dial it all the way back, mate. All the way back. 1996, mate. You make your debut for the Knights. Now, I want to know. Now, at every chance, mate, I, I try and flex this jersey. I managed to track one of these down. Do you remember these? Yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm putting a, a bit of a video together um, talking about the 1996 World 7s. Did you partake in any of that by any chance? Mm, no, I think I missed out in, in the start of the, in the 7s. We had a cracking team for a Did we win the 7s? Mate, you killed it. Yeah, we are. Uh, that's the one where Matty Johns broke the um, the trophy, the infamous yeah, yeah, Robbio. Yeah, that's like fun. the biggest try celebration. Yeah, we no, that's right. That was a tough team to get into. Um, but that was definitely. I, I finished school at the end of '95, uh, and then um, that was obviously my first preseason. But you no, know, we had a cracking team. I think Johnny Carlo, Darren Albert, yeah. Brett Grogan. We had a pretty electric team. Obviously, the John's Jack. boys in there as well. I can't remember who else was in there. Maybe Richo was in there. It was a pretty athletic team from memory. So. Um, no, it was tough to get a gig in that in that team. Well, well, Andrew Johns actually won player of the tournament. But do you know who I thought watching watching back on the games? And I, I'm very interested to see what you think of this player. And I, I, he gets slept on big time as far as his time with the Knights. Jamie Ainsco, yeah, mate, yeah. he was sensational. Yeah, Such Jamie, a good footy player, eh? Very good electric too. Jimmy was. He was mm. off the field, super casual bloke, quite lovely bloke. But he was um he was electric. Yeah, so Jimmy was definitely in that team as well. Um. Yeah, super quick and, yeah, it was, was kind of a bit um, – yeah, he, he, he was pretty unstructured as well, Jimmy. You know, he's happy to sort of, you know, um, you know, get the ball early, do something a little bit different, grub it through. He was he, he would have been hard to handle, but he was definitely a good player for us, that's for sure. There was a, there was a game, believe it or not, boys, we played Canada. This Canada came in. The first two kickoffs we get, bang, bang, score twice. Jamie Ainsco is one of them. He just absolutely brained it. I think we won 53. 4-0 or something like that, crazy. But, yeah, the poor old Canadian's got a bit of a hiding from us now. But, look, moving along. Now, 1997, Matt. Mm-hmm. Now, the unsung hero of 1997, uh, rightly so, Leo Denver, carried the team when, you know, Joey was in his absence. But, mate, I want to put you right next to him. 1997, now, coming through grades, you were sort of earmarked more as a 5'8". More so than a centre. Now, for all the battlers at home who didn't realise, this man joining us tonight partnered with Leo Denver in the early, early rounds of that season, winning four of five games, only losing the one game to the the reigning back-to-back minor premiers, the team that we would later go on to beat that year, the Seagulls, with a very handy team. Um, mate, yeah, you carried you carried the team quite well in the halves with Leo Powell, right? The early seasons of '97. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if I carried the team, but um, Leo was definitely influential. Um, he was, um, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, boys, but both years we we won the comp. Joey was out for good periods during the middle of the year, mm. and then he he would kind of then obviously came back, and it didn't take him long to get going again. And then was sort of full of energy for the back end of the year, and particularly the final. So there was there was maybe something in that. But I think Leo did a great job. He um, steered the team around really well um, in Joey's absence. Um, he, you know, in that year. And you're right. I, I mean, I was a five. I'd never played centre in my life until first grade. That I'd always just play five eight my whole way through. So um so to play in 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 alongside Leo was great. Um we still had a we still had a great pack, although Joey was out. Mm. Um Maddie was well, obviously Maddie was out as well. I think Maddie'd done his medial, so he was out for about eight weeks as well. Um we had we still had a really experienced pack. So um you know, those boys were fantastic for us. They looked after us, they gave they believed in us, they gave us confidence and um 
yeah, the fact we're able to pick up a few wins, um, you know, during that period and able to just to stay in touch with the top teams comes yeah. the top and then and then Joey comes back and, and does his thing and um yeah, it kind of works out pretty well. Yeah, I actually absolutely. listened to a podcast recently with Leo, and apparently he's a pretty quiet guy and doesn't do many podcasts. But it's good to see him, you know, get his flowers because yeah, like you said, it was a huge part of that team, and yeah, some yeah. people don't realize it. So it's excellent great. player, champion bloke. The boys loved yeah. him. Um, you know, again, really instinctive player. We probably miss a bit of that. I mean, those Indigenous boys bring so much to our games uh, on a lot of levels. But back in the Leo was chipping and chasing, and obviously Owen mm. was huge then as well. Growth, but mm. so. Um, you know, the Indigenous boys in our team went to our club for a lot over a long period of time. But, um, you know, Leo brought his flair and his touch and Owen was on fire as well. So, yeah, both those both those boys actually in particular now reflecting on that year was hugely influential in, um, you know, through that middle third of the year, which does get tricky. And, you know, obviously with Matty and Joey out, just trying to remember, Chief was probably still playing Origin, but we probably didn't have, Robbie O would have been, we wouldn't have had a lot of boys playing rep footy during the middle part of the year. So it kind of probably worked out okay. So... I think um, I think for every team during the middle part of the year to pick up wins is important, um, but it's, yeah, particularly when your best players are out, so it, it mm. probably worked in well. And and the younger players, it was probably good to get some experience into us as well. So it was it was um, yeah, a great result all around. Yeah. Well, talking about great results now, I don't know if you realise this or remember Matt. Do you know you're a part of the very first Newcastle Knights team to bag a win in Queensland? Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, I didn't you, know that. Right. You were 1997. Now that we all know the club, the club uh, came into the competition 1988. It wouldn't be until 1997 against the South Queensland Crushers, mate. Okay. We beat them 24 to six. The Knights finally, after all this time, get a win in Queensland. Yeah, right. I thought you were going to tell me a great story to beat the Broncos at full strength. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how, good the, how good were the crushes, mate? The crushes, yeah, the crushes. The crushes like, <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had a few young boys in the team. I think Jace Moody might have, might have debuted or yeah. been one of his first games there as well. Um, but anyway, we'll take it. We don't have to go into details about who we beat, but just to say we're just winning Queensland, let's just leave it at that. Yeah, you actually had um, – uh, that was with Joey out too, I think. You had, uh, I think you had Benzie in. Yeah, Benzie yeah. ended um, at, at um, halfback too. That does really well. That's a long time for the boys to get a win in Queensland. I know, it? right? I mean, the Broncos were, were amazing for that period. But, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and you didn't have much luck against um, the Gold Coast either. I think the Gold Coast touched yeah. it quite a few times yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, even been, I, I even remember playing second grade up there. We didn't get much luck. So, yeah, okay, well, there you go. So, there you go, mate. You can um, you can tell that one, mate, when you're the pub next. I will, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> what a Gold Coast, eh? Gold Coast is still a bit of a bogey for us the last few years. They are. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've seen us win on the Gold Coast yet. Every time I've gone to watch us, unfortunately, they fucking beat us every time. Yeah, look, it's anyway. Mate, now look, fast forwarding a couple of years into the late 90s, early 2000s. Now, you actually make your Australian debut mm-hmm. before your New South Wales debut. Yeah, which was a bit unusual. Um, so I'm just trying to remember how that all played out. Um, did you say, was that was it 98 or 99? 98, wasn't Nine, it? No, 99. Nine, sorry, 99, yeah. Um we had a good year. I think Para knocked us out of Paris Stadium in the semis, maybe week two um, or week one, actually. So that was kind of the end of the year for us. I'd actually booked to go away somewhere. Um, I think, just trying to think where I'm going. Maybe Cancun or something. I think it's a footy trip away to Cancun. And this is way oh, back yeah, right? you know, prior to mobile phones, all this sort of stuff, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I remember shopping with, with my girlfriend, who's my wife now, and her sister was working the Roosters. 
and I think my wife had just started teaching, so she just had to have a she had to have fun. She said that's just been put to the Australian team. And I remember thinking, on one hand, that's fantastic, but secondly, I would love to go to camp. It's going to be great. It's a bit unusual. Um, there was a few guys in that team that did it. Darren Britt was another one that was picked in that team. Chris Anderson was the coach, um, and he just kind of turned a few players over. He brought about four or five younger players into the team when he spent inexperienced players into the team. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we played a Tri-Nation series against New Zealand and Great Britain. Um, yeah, so I was going to ask you, how did you, was it through injury or, yeah, so it was just like a bit of a changing of the, you know, um, time? So I'm just trying to think who the incumbent would have been. It would have been Terry Hill. Terry Hill would have been the incumbent for sure. Yeah, right. Um, so I don't know what happened. With it. As I said, coaches come in with different philosophies. Um, so then he brought Russ Richo into that team as well. Russ Richo was playing for the Sharks. He came in and played a test. Um, Gerds was in the team. I think I'm pretty sure Gerds was in the team. So I don't know. I'm sure Terry Hill was the incumbent at the time and he wasn't picked. And then Chris Anderson's decided to bring sort of, you know, six or seven younger guys into a, into a squad of sort of 30. Um, yeah, then I was fortunate, obviously trained okay. And, um, you know, I think we had a pretty good, during my sort of rep career, we always had a pretty strong Newcastle influence in those teams. Yeah, I remember that, that, that was a time I was like late primary school, high school. And it just yeah. seemed like there was just so many nice players, you know, whether it's the, the, yourself, Johns, Tahu. Simpson, Kennedy. Yeah, just, correct. It's just, it's just huge. It's like easily five or six lock-ins every time, whether it was yep. uh, for New South Wales or or Australia. Yeah, so that def- it definitely made life easier. You're right. There was always four or five of us, but actually thinking this through now, in that team, it was just Matty Johns and I. Joey must have been injured. Um, it was literally just Matty and I were in that team, that 1999 Tri-Nations team. Um, so there was a lot of sort of new sort of players that had been in that team, but... Um, and New Zealand actually beat us in the first game um, over in New Zealand. But, um, yeah, anyway, we went on and did well and won the series and had a good time. And, yeah, that was kind of the start. But, yeah, definitely unusual to play for Australia before, um, before yeah, New South Wales. Or- yeah, it's a bit bit unheard of, mate, but, hey, you've got to take it. Correct. Now, there's many a great sporting duo, whether it's Belichick, Brady, Shaq, Kobe, Jordan, Pippen, now, right up there, and I'm going to say better than them all, mate, is Matthew Gidley and Tamana Tahu. Now, mate, I hope you've trademarked the, the terms Gidley flick or flick pass with the NRL, mate, because you would be making an absolute fucking mm. mozza. But now, I know you've probably got asked this question, mate, a thousand times, but I'm going to get you to answer it a thousand and one times. Can you tell us, how, how did this happen? Like, was it, was it something you... Did in lower grades, and I picked up on, or did, did you and Tamana just have? I don't know what, what was the chemistry there. What, where did that sort of come from? Yeah, I, it probably was a few things. Um, as I said earlier on, I was always a 5'8, like I'd never played in the centers ever in my life until I started playing, so I was always more of a ball player than a ball runner. Um, yeah. so the second part of that is that I always had brilliant wingers, like Darren Albert was just electric. Um, then I obviously had Tamana come through as well. Um, you know, which, 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 yeah, so two absolute athletes. So, my kind of thoughts if I can just get these guys in any type of space, yeah. no, one, no one's going to stop them, uh, particularly when they were younger, no one knew a lot, a lot about them. Obviously, when Albert scored 97, every, you know, we popped on the radar, but they were both yeah. exceptional athletes. So, uh, my, you know, my sort of, you know, I guess, my sort of goal was just to try and get more to those guys in, in as much space as possible. Um, in terms of the flip pass, it had, it was never really anything. And hand on heart, I never ever practiced it. 
where it kind of started from is um, one of the preachers, it might have been when Warren Ryan first came and started coaching us. During the yeah, preachers, yeah. we used to get down to Redhead Beach and do a lot of beach footy. So we put the jerseys on, sort of six on six, break up into teams of five and six and play beach footy just to start to get a bit of contact happening. Um, now, for the front rowers, that was fine because they just used to bash into each other. But as an outside yeah. back who has, you know, you used to rely on your footwork and your speed, but when, when you're yeah. in a soft sand, that's not yeah. too much for you. So it yeah. just became a bit of a bump and offload type affair. So that's when that started. I was just sort of, it was just bumping and offloading because you couldn't really use your footwork or your speed on the beach. So that's where it started. And then, of course, and then the season starts and these things become a bit instinctive. Then it just sort of happened. But never, ever, and as I said, head on, I, I never stayed back with the boys after training and practiced this because I thought it was one of those things, whenever I thought about it or practiced it, 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 it felt unnatural and, and didn't come off. Whereas every, whenever I just did it instinctively, it seemed to be okay. So, yeah. truth to it all, yeah. But did I patent it? I didn't. Um, but I no. think it's a, pre, it's a prerequisite now to play NRL. I think whether you're a front rower or a winger, mm. they're all pretty talented yeah. boys. Yeah, I'll imagine Gags and, uh, and Brady made a practice in their flick passes. Yeah, Joey Martin's yeah. okay, Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, he yeah. did have a good one. Well, uh, we'll have to get the word to AAB, mate, to get some some beach footy for the centres and get those flip passes out. Yeah, there, mate. they're all doing it. I mean, they're all doing it now, so it's um, no, it's pretty impressive. No. And the 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 beautiful thing about it is, it's forever going to be known as the Giddley Flick Pass. Yeah, no, and I think Joey keeps running. He gives a good run, whatever wherever it happens. So uh, I'll probably have Joey a few beers just to keep. Um, <laughs> To keep it up and start, but no, it is. It's um, it was just something a little bit new. We we had a bit of success, as I said. I had brilliant wings outside of me. Um, I was always blessed with that. Um, I had great players all around me, to be honest. But um, yeah. But if you look at the way the games evolve now and how talented some of the players are and how skillful they are, as I said, look for Joe Munder today. He's exceptional. But a lot of the back rowers, even you know, they're pretty creative and they're pretty skillful in the way they what they can do. Yeah. Matt, I've got a question here just from one of the battlers, one of the listeners. Um, it's coming from Tony Tanoski. He's mentioned the great wingers that you've played with, so maybe a hard question. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, he's asking, out of all the great wingers you've played with, was there a favourite? Could you pick a favourite out of um, Albert or Tahu and all the other ones you played with? Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, what I would say is, I, you know, I love both of those guys. Um, we had great relationships on and off the field. Uh, Darren Albert was, was electric. Like, I think... He was – I would back him against anyone in the game in any era in terms of just pure speed, um, you know, whether that's scoring tries or saving tries. But putting that to a side, uh, Taman is probably my favourite player of all time um, just because he was just that first generation of um, – well, one of the first that was just an amazing athlete, super humble kid, wandered in from Cardiff High without any fanfare and just, you know, exploded it, you know, added so much to our team. Um you know, we, we had a, uh, a reunion for the 2001 grand final a few years back, and they, they showed some highlights. I was out for a lot of that year, so that was maybe why we, we got to a point where we won that competition. Tomato played in the centres, and he was electric that year. I'd forgotten how good he was. Um, yeah, because he actually debuted at centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he, was, um, so he, he played a lot of centre in 2001. He, and look at the highlights reel, obviously apart from Joey um, and Robbie, I did some wonderful stuff. BK did some wonderful stuff, but Tomato was just absolutely sensational. So he was a brilliant athlete, super guy. We were great mates on and off the field. Um, yeah, and could do some really special things. So if you look back through, you know, Tamana's, um, you know, highlight package when he was at our club, it's, it's, it's pretty good viewing. 
it's like a natural good. athlete. It's good or whatever. I believe he did MMA after he retired from footy. So, yeah, you'd have to be half decent to transition into something like that, just a natural yeah. athlete. So. But not even the athlete, but also, like, he, he was aggressive too. Like, he was – once he started to get a bit confident and, um, you know, and he was um, – you know, the guys, our conditioning coaches, you know, really took to him and he spent a lot of time in the gym. He was explosive and powerful and then got confident um, and was super aggressive as well. So, um, yeah, wonderful player for us, BT. Well, talking about wonderful players, Matt, now we have a lot of similarities, mate, you and I, um, both successful, <laughs> both handsome men. They're the obvious ones. But one the battlers mightn't realise, mate, is we both actually have a younger brother named Kurt. Okay. Now, 2001, mate, a great year. Um, but also a year that your brother makes his debut for the club. Now, what's it like? We all know what it, you know what it would feel like playing with your, some of your best mates that you come through grade with. But to play with blood, mate, they must be something pretty extra special. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a real highlight for me. Um, because Kurt's five years younger than me, so um, you kind of don't really even think about it to be honest that it could possibly happen. As it was never going to happen during the junior grades, but um. Yeah, he did really well for himself, Kurt. He was, I mean, he's been the first to say he wasn't the most talented coming through. And I think even when he made the Jersey Fleet team, it was a squad of 25 and they extended to 26 just because he was good around the group. So, um, but he, he obviously worked really hard. So, no, it was, it's, a, it, it's honestly like a real highlight for me to be able to, um, you know, for him to come in and play. And, and, and we spent every day together. Like, that's the best part. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all great mates anyway. We're all very, very tight. Um, but then just to have him around training every single day and bus trips and hotels and then obviously winning some, some footy games together. Um, you know, you obviously have some highs and lows. But to experience, um, you know, to spend every day with him basically professionally for a good part of, I don't know how long it was, but probably at least five years. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was an absolute high for me, for sure. Mate, I'll die on this hill. He is by far, and it sounds incredibly biased being a night sporter, I genuinely believe your brother is the most versatile footballer I've ever seen. Mate, he would be – like, if he went into a recruitment agency, mate, he'd be a dream. He could literally do anything, that bloke. Um, yeah. He, he would yeah. – seriously, off the bench, in the halves, at the back, mate, he, he – seriously, he did a job wherever required. Yeah, no, you're right. It was just born from his competitiveness. Um, he, he's just competitive and wanted to be a part of it, wanted to be involved, Um ultimately wanted to win, wanted to be a great team person, help out wherever he could. So that was always his mentality. Uh, he always had, like, super energy. Even when he was young, we used to have some fun with that. We used to terrorise him in the backyard. And my, me and my middle brother used to sort of wind him up, you know, quite often because he's always pretty energetic and pretty passionate. Um, so we had some fun with that. But he was always, like, super competitive. So I think the fact that he was versatile, I mean, there's lots of competitive players out that are versatile. But I think because Kurt... You know, he was never, as I said, was never the first picked in any junior rep teams. He just thought, if I get a crack, just give me a jumper anywhere on the field and I'll give my best for you. Um, and you love playing with those guys. So yeah. I think um, that his competitive certainly drove um, the fact that he, he just he said, give me an opportunity anywhere and I'll, um, I'll go in and contribute as best I can. Mate, one of my, my favourite highlights of um, Matt and Kirk Gidley together would have to be the stitch-up on Mario Fennick on the footy show you did that time. <laughs> oh, how was that? So many comments coming through about it, and I was going to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was nice. It didn't ever happen again, would it? Like, do you remember? No. We even had Hayes involved in that. Do, do, yeah. Do you that? Yeah. 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 So yeah. can you imagine getting a head coach involved in that? On a, This was yeah. a day before probably a Sunday game. It, we had mm. Hayes involved. Um, we just sort of grabbed it. I don't know, there must have been turning up early in the week. Matty must have been up. And, um, we said, hey, you have to play a role in it. And even he was. So it was just, um, 
worked really well. But yeah, it's, those days are gone, aren't they? Yeah, it was magic. I, I was going to say, one of my most favourite games, and I still have vivid memories, you and your brother played in this, 2003 Suncorp Stadium, the ugliest field goal ever oh, kicked yeah. to this yeah. day. Um, again, another game. It's funny you mentioned Joey missing for big periods. That was the infamous year. 2004, when he did his ACL round yep. two or three. Yep. Um, you know, your brother slides in and plays halfback. But, oh, mate, I still get I still get goosebumps. I found the ticket stub the other day when I was cleaning the bar out. I did a little <laughs> video on it, mate. Such a good game. Yeah, well, I, might, I might be wrong. Is that, was that the first ever Golden Point? Yes, it was. Yep, Golden Point was introduced that year. That yes. year. Was that game Golden Point? No, was that in real time? Was that in? Was that no, in? But, no, time? I think I think that was Golden. Or I don't know why I think that. Yeah, but anyway, um, it was. It, yeah, I think it, it, it was ugly. It was very ugly, but um, it did matter because as you as you mentioned, we we didn't have a lot of luck in Queensland, particularly against the Broncos. Mm. I know we did during the two thousands. We had a couple of really good wins up there. Uh, we had a really good win at Newcastle one day, um, sort of during that period. But um, always hard to win up there, particularly against Brisbane, no matter what the sort of era. So um. Yeah, we'll take a wobbly field goal any day for me putting the Broncos up there. Well, mm. look, two, 2001, really one of the very, very great years for the Knights. Now, we you do come in, obviously, the grand final win against the Eels. Mate, I imagine there's a fair bit of scar tissue around this grand final. And why I wanted to bring that up is I don't want to go into it too much because it fucking hurts to talk about the 2000 prelim final against the Roosters. I imagine mm. that one still stings to this day. Yeah. Um, but for all the battlers... Uh, listening at the moment, particularly the, the younger listener, the 2001 Eels was a different beast. It really was. I'm going to read you out some statistics from the 2001 Parramatta Eels. This team amassed 839 points in 26 games, which is an average of 32 points per game. Uh, they were five-point clear minor premiers, scoring 142 tries in the regular season. Breaking all kinds of records, Matt. Now, 12 weeks leading up to the grand final, without Joey, might I add, but the Parramatta Eels absolutely pumped us 40 nil. Now, heading into that grand final, we, I've heard plenty of stories being told that, you know, all the pressures on the Eels, like, let's be honest, if you're five, point, minor pre, you're five points clear as minor premiers, but breaking all kinds of records, it's your grand final to lose. You know, in come the Knights. You know, no one's probably given them too much of a chance. And I remember some stories regarding the grand final breakfast where you boys stroll in. It's very casual. You're, you're having a laugh. And the Parramatta boys will look like they've just seen a ghost. Um, they just – the occasion looked like it got to them. Did those, you know, the 2000 prelim, the big score they put on you, you know, a few months before the grand final, does all that go in the back of your head or – does the yeah. once the occasion rises, it's sort of just game on. How, how, what was the, you know, and being such a young coach too, Michael Hayden, his first season. What did he What did he do to sort of get you guys in the right frame of mind come game day? Yeah, you're going back. So two thousand definitely hurt. Um, we'd had such a good stable team across that sort of well, obviously ninety seven, but then ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. It was a real window for us to probably. I mean, every team they can say they. You know, they probably could have done better at certain times, but premierships are hard to win. Mm. Uh, it hasn't hurt. I'd missed 97 because I was injured. So when we got to 2000 and, and we, we lost after ultimately having such a great lead against the Roosters, I just thought that was me done. I thought, that's my window gone. It's not going to happen for me. So it, it when I say it hurt, it, it really, really hurt a lot of us. Um, 
even the boys that had won premierships in '97, we just we just kind of knew that we had it in our grasp. And um, I know the Broncos ended up winning, but I, I you know we, we played well against them during the year, so I, I think we were pretty confident we could we could play well against them. Um, so that always sat with us. We didn't talk about it too much during the preseason, um, but we definitely felt we'd missed an opportunity to get to a you know prelim semi and lead so well and and um, and let a slide. Definitely hurts. I'm sure that sat in us somewhere. Um, moving to 2001, Para were a great side. Brian Smith had kind of, um, you know, say what you want about Brian Smith, but he brought a bunch of young players into that team that had been come through Paramount's pathway system, and they were playing electric footy. They were mm. attacking, as you said, they were they were minor premiers by you know you know huge margins, scoring lots of tries, super confident. Um, you know, we did we did sense at breakfast they were a little bit overall, but, but we were still nervous too. Don't get me wrong, like we were still. It's a big occasion. We knew it was mm-hmm. coming. We knew it was going to be difficult. Um, I guess looking back and just thinking through while you were talking then, um, probably the big advantage we had was Paramount did have a pretty young team and a really exciting team. But we probably had those five or six of us that had been playing in big matches for about five or six years. Yeah. And I think that helps. You know, whether that's semifinals or origin matches, you know, or test matches, I do think it helps and it does give you a bit of confidence. Um, so we had probably five or six players, yeah, maybe more actually. Yeah, maybe five or six players in our team that were probably a little bit more um, – experienced in big matches and then of course you when you got big name players like you know Robbie out with the back and then you've got Joey of course Benny Kennedy was, was arguably our best player that year um we just kind of just got on a got on a wave and then started well and probably because at halftime we were, we were in such good shape mm. and we let it slide the year before we were probably really determined not to let it happen again um but they, they were a dangerous team Parramatta as they showed the oh. second We've yeah. spoken to a few players um, from that era, um, like Billy Pede and I think Mark Hughes, and they've all said that they, on their opinion, the 2000 team, like despite winning in 2001, that 2000 team was like probably like the greatest team that they've played with in that era. So even though we went down to the Roosters, which I was at that game, devastating. But um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they rate the 2000 team as being the best team of that era. Like, Would you agree with that? Or? Um, I'm just sure. Were they, were they overly dissimilar? I've got to say 2001... Benny Kennedy and Steve Simpson as a back row pairing. I, I can't wow. think of many better in the game at the time. Mm. Um, that's the first one that jumped out because I don't think Simo played 2000. Did Simo play in 2000? Um, I don't know if he did. I think we had Peter Shields in the back no. row. I think Bucks retired in 2000. Chief not, played 2000. I see. Chief, Chief no, he was 99. 99 was his last one. Yeah. So the first thing that jumps out is their back row pair. Um, of course, it would be Joey there as well. Uh, Tamara was coming in. Said, but, you know, Benny Kennedy and Steve Simpson, wow, they were just like, they were, they probably, yeah, they should have been the origin back rows. It could have been, I know Gordon was in the Queensland you know, team or the Broncos team. But um, yeah, both, but listen, both great teams. But I think, yeah, Steve Simpson, Benny Kennedy in the back row in 2001, they had a huge influence on AU in their premiership. Yeah. Argue with. <laughs> Mate, you, you you brought up that you were injured in '97. Um, did you feel there was more pressure, not so much for you to perform, but inside your head, leading into the 2001 Grand Final? You're saying before that you felt your premiership window was closing. Did you have? Did you put extra pressure on yourself to perform in that game? Um, yeah, I mean because. Growing up, I had two things that I, you know, I never told anyone, but I always just I had two sort of dreams. One was to play for the Knights, and then second, if I did, to win a premiership for the Knights. Above, you know, the rep stuff's fantastic, but that were the two things I always dreamed of. So um, I'd actually had a really good year in '97. I played a lot of footy. I played I played country, which we won at Newcastle. Um, so I had a good year, and then um, 
you know, and then I sort of broke my leg in the semi-final against Parramatta. So I missed 97. Mm. I was so emotional. And as much as I was absolutely elated for the boys and the team, I kind of thought, well, now these things don't come along very often. I know there, there were teams, you know, the Paras and the, and the Bulldogs and the Broncos that, you know, had won back-to-back premierships. It was pretty tough and pretty rare. And the fact that Penrith are doing it now just shows how rare it is. So I sort of thought maybe my chance is gone. So when we sort of lost 2,000, then I definitely thought, oh, you know, maybe it's just not meant to be for me. Um, but then 2001, I never consciously thought again. I, I was obviously conscious of the fact that we got close and let it slide. And it's just so hard to get there. That was the thing. I was. It's just so hard to get there, to keep everyone healthy mm. and confident and all that sort of stuff. So, um, And also knew that if we could just get there again, then our fans would get us home again. That was probably the other thing against Parramatta, irrespective of Parramatta's great support. I just knew if, whenever Newcastle can get to a grand final, people will always underestimate the influence our crowd has on our team and our performance. Mm. Always, no matter what they say and do and talk, they will... It's a bit like going to to, to, to Anfield. Um, it's it's they play such a huge role in in our team and our performance and, and, and how we feel and what we feel we want to do for on behalf of the town. So um, anyway, yeah, fortunate to get there. But I thought, yeah, I did think often maybe it's not meant to be for me. Yeah, how how does it feel when you hear that Newcastle chant go up from the crowd? Oh, it's 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 amazing. Like I think. Um, you know, and we used to get it. We used to get it most Friday nights at home, to be honest, when we're playing well. So we kind of, you know, and that's why last year was was, was so brilliant. Um, I mean, my son's only seventeen now, and I used to tell him about this. This is what it used to be like. And my wife would say every Friday he'd wander in the stadium, and this is the type of atmosphere you get. Um, so the fact that they got to experience that on a couple of occasions at the back end of last year was oh, yeah. excellent because it was nice to see that. Yeah, you know, we always talk about it. We always talk about. Mm. You know how great the crowd is and, and the atmosphere and the passion they have, but until you actually experience it as a player or a fan for yourself, yeah. you don't really understand. So um, yeah. that's always what I when I retired. That's all I ever wanted to see is, is for this next generation to experience what it's like. And um, they got it on a couple of occasions last year, particularly that, that semi final against Canberra. I think it was one of the great. You know, I, I, I one of the rare times I was able to go to that stadium. I wasn't playing. I had no role to play. I sat with my family, had a few beers. And this is what. Yeah. yeah, stand on that hill where the Andrew John stand is now, shoulder to shoulder with other other fans. Oh, yeah, great, mate. That was dead set origin. That's what we had as kids, you know. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's all good. Yeah, that was yeah, certainly a night to remember that one. Um, now, look, you do leave the Knights and uh, link up with St. Helens for four seasons from 2007 to 2010. You do make your way back to the Knights. Now, this is where we're going to start talking about your career behind the uh in the front office now matt now you joined the club in 2011 in business development but then quickly get promoted to ceo with the then owners the hunter sports group now i want to ask this is going to be a bit of a curveball question matt now we're all jersey nerds here now i'm going to go on record and say i absolutely hated our 2009 and 2010 jersey design it was fucking ugly i hated it Which i'm gonna they just—they were all blue. They're like, wasn't Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, this is where I'm going to give Matt a big rap. This is one of the career-defining moments for you, Matt. I'm hoping you can vouch for this, man. Is twenty? I'm hoping in 2011 you come in and change the design, which you did. Can you talk us through when this happens? What 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 goes into when the, the whole jersey design? Who picks it? How does that happen? Um. 
Well, it starts with obviously the marketing team and then they'll talk to the jersey manufacturers. They'll always come back with a bunch of designs. Right. Um, but, yeah, you do have a right. It, it does then become a bit of a joint decision. I don't mainly had that drama last year, didn't they? <laughs> we obviously mm. it wasn't, everyone wasn't involved. Yeah. But I was involved. I mean, I'm not going to take full credit for it, but I think I actually think Nathan, no, well, Nathan Tinkle was a real traditionalist, so he would have played a really big part in that if that's what we went back to. Um, but then I even remember back in the day when we went back to the Blue Stripes, that was Matty Johns that just drove that himself. He said, I want the jerseys. The jerseys need to look like this next year. And they were. So, um, yeah, usually the manufacturer's got to – they'll give you some designs. Um, then you'll, you'll ultimately pick one. You might be able to make some slight adjustments. You'll go back. You, you may talk to – you might even have a player rep on that committee. Um, I mean, I yeah, was right. involved on occasions, not all the time. But, um, yeah, yeah, it, it can get wrong badly, though, can it? Can't, I do agree with that. Not only with our club, but you know, various sporting clubs. Mm. There's some bloody ugly jerseys. It's just, I don't, it's just that oh, one. The Super just... League jerseys. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I saw an Arsenal jersey a couple of weeks ago. It was just, it was white. Yeah. Everything was white. So, so yeah, it can get patient. Yeah. Did you actually uh, have a player? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, Warriors picnic rug they had a few years ago. Remember that yellow? It was mainly yellow, wasn't yellow it? And black. Yeah, yeah, yellow and black. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever? You must have played in some ugly jerseys in the Super League, Matt. Mm. Surely you must have got some kit and just gone, "My God, who designed this?" Because I think in the Super in, in the Super League we used to have about four jerseys. I think over there we, we had lots of jerseys um, for different occasions. Saints jerseys were always pretty traditional. They always have always a bit like St George. They've always yeah, put right on with the white, the red V. Um, but we had a green one one year as an away strip. Um, I, yeah, said, right. I, I didn't like the nice red one. Um, and I don't like the, the probably white one much either, but you gotta have, I know you've got to have an away strip. Um, but is, it, yeah. is, there a, is there a bylaw or something that says your away strip has to be white? Is that a thing? Yeah. You could probably answer that. Yeah, I'm just, well, I'm just trying to make, yes. The answer is yes, because I would have went away from the white one if I could have. Right. But I think it has to be significantly different to, to the home jersey. Because um, the last jersey you would have played in, you remember, like the two thousand, what would have been from two thousand five, six, seven. You had yeah, like yeah. the blue, and then like the opposite was just the red. You yeah, remember that kit? And there was no white. We didn't have a, a white away strip. It's very divisive. Yeah, we, I don't know. Like yeah. We're kind of stuck. But yeah, but we always seem to have the white. And I, we've never had a good. Yeah, strike face not great. That white jersey. I don't mind a lot of white, which makes it difficult. But it's, yeah, it's not great. Mm. Well, look, unfortunately, mate, now I find it very interesting looking back at your career. You, Mate, you had an absolutely decorated playing career. You, you, you couldn't have asked to be born at the right place at the right time in Newcastle and the, coming through in the mid-90s into the early 2000s. Mate, what was it like coming back? Unfortunately, the club, you know, through some of its darkest days, we, you hear players talk about how hard it is when when you're when you're losing games of football, training is harder. Everything's harder. When you're winning, it doesn't feel like training. There's a buzz. But what's something that perhaps a lot of people don't that doesn't get appreciated or talked about enough? Say in the front office, you know, away from the coaching, the actual player stuff. Just how how a club is run as a business when it's going through such turmoil. Like did, you must have had some days, and I'm going to use a rugby league analogy that was just an absolute tough carry. Like it's just. The media's bashing you, rightly or wrongly. It's just all, you know what I mean? Yeah, how, yeah. 
How how was that coming back to to when you left the club? You know, with the premiership and in its glory days, to come back and just see the you know where things were for the Knights at that time. It's really difficult, like really difficult. I and mean, not that you take for granted the good times, but as I said before, do you remember through that period we played most Friday nights and it was a full stadium and people would pour from work in the stadium and you knew you were going to get a pretty good result. Well, not a good result, but a good performance from the team or a great, you know, great entertainment. Um, oh, of course, that's a, that's a tough period, like really, really tough period. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, clubs go through these periods from time to time and people talk about... Um, you know, resetting or, you know, all those type of things. But it's when, when you're in those periods, it's really difficult. Um, you know, from my point of view, it's, I mean, as a player, you can always go out there and play. You can always go out there and have some sort of influence on the performance. Mm. As an administrator, of course, you can't. You can't once the team's sort of picked and selected. Coach, once they go out, there's not much, there's not much you can do. So I really struggled. To be honest, I struggled watching the, the boys play. Um, I'd always watch a better post-result because I was too emotionally involved. Um, yeah. You definitely take it personally, for sure. So really, really, really tough periods. Um, there was obviously some great periods, you know, fleeting great periods. I think with the 2014, we went deep into the semis. We went and beat Melbourne at home. So those periods were fantastic. But, um, yeah, ultimately, yeah, tough period for, for a lot of different reasons. And, um, yeah, certainly, um, you know, there was some yeah, pretty, pretty difficult days. Well, it must, have been, it must have been hard for, like, just with your family because you being the CEO, and I believe in 2015... Kurt was captain. Was that right? Would have been 2015. Yeah, yeah. I think it was named captain. So you're sort of, you know, running the, running things off the field and your, your brother's running things on the field. You know, as you said, there were fleeting moments where you, you had you had the good wins, but, yeah, it must have been incredibly tough for both of you to, 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 to grind that out, mate. Yeah, and we, and we both love the team. Like, it's, you know, our own, like we, 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 you know, we're so passionate about the team and we know when things are well, um, you know, have the positive impact it has on the community. But similarly, when it's not doing well, like it's, you know, people sort of look to us sometimes for a bit of a pep up on the weekend. And, um, you know, when we're not able to deliver that, it's it's really difficult. And you sort of, we looked at each other various times around how we could sort of get things better. But it's just, it's difficult when you, I think when you're, when you're in those periods and you're in those sort of slumps, um, you know, and, and the West Tigers are going through it now. Like it's, mm. it's hard yak to get out of it. Mm. So, um, you know, you've got to try and, you know, promote from within and develop young players and try and even trying to recruit players in becomes difficult because the teams are not playing well. So players want to come and win matches ultimately, don't they? So um, it was really, really tough. It was really tough. And as you said, Kirby's the captain, um, you know, and we had many moments where we just sort of, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was really difficult. Does it, um, does it kind of feel like quicksand? The more you, the more you fight it, the, the deeper you, you end up? Yeah, sometimes, and it's difficult to get breaks sometimes. You know, it's like when you're not playing well, you don't, you seem like, it feels like you're not getting any luck. But, you know, then there was periods where we had, we did have a really inexperienced team that, you know, a lot of the players yeah. weren't ready and you're coming up against seasoned, you know, teams that sort of put us to the sword. So, you know, and, and, and the confidence it does to you, the, the damage it does to young players, confidence, that hurts as well. Mm. So you're looking at fans sort of walking out with their families, um, you know, sort of kicking, kicking the can and, take full responsibility for that. So that, that it was difficult. I don't know whether it would have been as difficult for me if I was at another club, but the fact it was mm. at this club, it was yeah. you know, it was really, really hard. So um a lot yeah, of hard, that, you know. and that's why I said last you know last year just to go on to the game with no role and just sit with my family and um, watch the boys play well and watch the crowd get them home. That's that's what it's all about. Well yeah. now it wasn't all bad Matt. It wasn't all bad now 
your tenure at the club in the office still has an effect on our team today. Cast your mind back, Battlers. November 28, 2016, the news has announced that a young star from North Queensland, Caelan Ponga, signs with the club for four seasons, starting from 2018 on $600,000 a year, after only playing two games, two finals games for North Queensland. Now, Matt, the media come out. I still remember it to this day. What are they doing? This kid hasn't played. You know, they're out of their goddamn minds. They're paying overs. But I want to ask you, Matt, I watched a movie the other day. Um, have you seen that? It's it's the Air Jordan movie. Have you watched that one? with um, It's got uh, Ben Affleck and um, Matt, Matt Damon. Have you seen that one? Yeah, it's yep. good. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's a... There's a scene in there, right, where for all the battlers who haven't tuned in, there's a scene there where Matt Damon, his sort of job is to try and find the next big thing recruit for the face of Nike, right? Nike's down and out. There's a lot of similarities. Now, he goes to Ben Affleck, who's the boss, and he's he's telling him Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's it. Pull, push all your chips in on Michael Jordan. He sees something in this kid that no one else can really see. Tell us, Matt, how did, how did the Kalen Ponga thing come about? Because I've had... I had a great discussion with the then recruitment manager, um, Darren Mooney, great bloke. Mm-hmm. But were you were you the Matt Damon or were you the Ben Affleck? Were you the one saying, I'm not sure about this? Or were you going, yeah, absolutely, this kid uh, is going to be the face of our club for the next decade? Well, in that scenario, I, I would have been the, the, the Ben Affleck in, that, in that, the way the hierarchy was. It's all Darren Mooney. That was all Darren Mooney. So we got oh, to the point where it was, it was difficult to bring senior players in because we weren't winning games and they, they, did, they didn't want to come. So we thought we've got two things here. We need, we need to just build from within and try and you know invest in our kids and, and get some kids to come up and through. But at the same time, the fans want to see some 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 winning games in the interim. So I used to walk out of work each night at 6 o'clock and Darren Mooney would be watching film like into the, all through the night. He'd be watching 20s games. He knew every 20s player. And then him and Nathan Brown said, so you, you go in and see Moons, he's found this player from North Queensland. I looked at it and I said, outstanding. Like, wow, outstanding. And Darren said, the only problem is there's about 10 clubs wanting him. There's different codes wanting him. He can do whatever he wants to do. So we're a long shot. I said, um, well, let's get him down and just do the best job we can. So let's bring his family down. Let's get, I think Betsy played, Betsy took him, his family playing golf. Um, we had, we took him up to the university. We had our welfare guys playing role, our doctors playing role. We had everyone playing a role. We said, let's just showcase the place as best we can. We're prop- we were still 100 to 1. We were still 100 to 1. But um, Darren Mooney needs to take 99% of the credit to bring Carlton Pong to our club. Yeah, good. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then for, for Carlton to decide to come because the club, we weren't winning many games and North yep. Queensland were winning. He could have gone the lines. He could, he could have gone anywhere, to be honest. Um, so the fact that um, he decided to come was great. Um, and then, yeah, again, it, it just takes a bit, it takes a bit of time. But I think he's, he's he was finally able to, um, yeah, to, to string a dozen games together last year, and just shows that the sort of. I think oh, his question, his talent was never in, in mm. question. I think every nice fan would say that. But it was wonderful to get, and not only him, but to get, um, you know, the bulk of that team playing a dozen games together. We were mm. we haven't been able to do that for three or four years. Uh, mm. We're able to do that. that the talent there. It's just just keep them healthy and playing together and build a bit of confidence. And um, yeah, I think they, I think we all agree they did pretty proud. Mate, it's one of the. It's truly is. I think we will look back at at KP's. Oh, there should be a documentary. I hope Netflix do a doco. It would be one of the great documentaries. Everything you just said, and then leading up to 
you know, he has a preseason, the, the second failed 5 8 experiment, you know, horrible concussions. Like, and then to go to the Northern Hemisphere to try and sort this stuff out on the verge of retirement, comes back, carries yep. a team into the, into, well, what did we finish? Sixth, boys? Was it fifth or sixth? Um, 10 games straight. You know, we talked about the Canberra game at home. It's, it really is one of the best rugby league stories, especially modern day rugby league stories. You know, a real. Just... No, it is Yeah, it's brilliant. And the best part about all that, boys, is I'd always said that, um, you know, getting to the finals is one thing, but you need to be playing finals and going deep into the finals year upon year upon year to then finally win um, or, you know, contest a grand final. So the fact they got to taste that, we'd all, everyone had been telling them, all the boys, all the old boys have been telling them, when you get it right, this is what happens in this town. Um, so they, they heard they, they heard this a number of occasions, but the fact that they got to experience that, um, I mean, I'd imagine that they want to be back there and experience that again. So that would be a real driver for them to, to um, and that should take real confidence in the fact that you've got the ability to go in and, you know, and get a home semi and go deep and, and challenge some of these teams. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been yapping on enough, Matt. Um, you mind if we answer a couple of the listeners' questions, mate? If they, uh, no no what, what have we got, boys? Okay, so we've got one here. We've got it from Zed Michael. He said, um, Matt, do you catch up with um, your good mate um, Tamana Tahu or any other blokes from the team back then? Uh, I haven't seen T for a long time. I would love to see him. I would love to see him. It's funny, I haven't bumped into him for a while, um, but we were, we we're really close and... Um, yeah, I'd love to see him. Uh, in terms of the other boys, yeah, I see, I see the other boys often. Yeah, um, we're still really close. Um, you know, I'm away for work a fair bit, but um, you know, whenever I'm back in Newcastle, um, yeah, we always find time to get together. We're still close, mate. I reckon you could go to the pub with Tamara and you'd flick him a beer and he'd still catch it. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't so. yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to jump onto another one from Christopher Wilson. Said, uh, Matt, what was it like playing with the chief and his passion for the Knights in the town? Um, just amazing. I said to be able to finish school and walk into a dressing room um, that, that, that we had at the time was just next to none. He's he's, he's the best person I know um, and just a wonderful human being, great leader, passionate about the club, um, fierce, loyal, everything you want. Outstanding human being. We all, we've always said on here, Matt, that if, if aliens were ever to invade Earth and you needed one man to unite all of mankind for a common cause, I think that man would be Paul Harrigan. Because yeah. now I want to, I want to ask you. You were part. You, you were thereabouts in the '97. You, you would have been, you know, unfortunately injured '97. Yeah. Did you, by any chance, happen to catch any of his infamous pre-game speech? Yeah, I was still there for all that. So I was, oh. I was, I was up in the room before the game, and right. I was, I was, yeah, he just. Like yeah, I mean, what you just said—the way you just described him—I mean, that's that's—I don't think that's exaggerating. He's, and and he would hate to hear this because he's such a humble body. But if there's if there's a crisis or there's anything, he's the one you want in front for sure, for sure. Right. And just, it's just such a, just such a champion, boy. Like just you know, talks to everyone, humble. Mm. Yeah, great. Yeah, the, the epitome of a Newcastle person. Okay. I'll just shoot a couple more because right? I know you've got to go. We've um, had you a bit longer than we should have, so it won't be too much longer. Um, one of them, Matt. Yeah, one of them is just a hello from an Elliot Coombe. He said, G'day, Matt. Hope all is well. He worked with you at Walls and Mackers, so he just wants to say g'day. Yeah, so. Okay, yeah, good stuff. Um, no, thanks. I did I did the first phase of my training at McDonald's out at Walls End, and I'm a Walls End boy, so that worked out well. 
Yeah, and we've got um, uh, last one here. I'll ask is Carly Fitzpatrick said, "What does Matt think of the current team?" So obviously we haven't seen too much of this season, but yeah, this season, last season, current team. Yeah, good. I think it's good. It's a nice balance of um, yeah, there's a good portion of local boys in the team, which is important. Um, you know, we've obviously got some wonderful strike there in um, you know in, in Carolyn. Um, you know, Bradman Best is, is exciting as well. Good solid four pack. I think. Um, um, yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I think the team's nice and nice, nice and solid. Disappointed to lose Dom Young last year because I think he was, you know, as, as we all agree, he was fantastic for us. Mm, yeah, There's an opportunity for someone else to come in. But I think, um, yeah, I think we've got a good, stable team. We don't have to recruit many players in. I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, you can start to build some cohesion. Uh, a lot of those players experienced the, the sort of highs of last year, so they should take enormous confidence out of that. Another one's just snuck in right at the end here. It's another one from Christopher Wilson, a bit of a left field one. He said it wouldn't be a night of podcast. We always talk about food, which ironically, because we're losing weight now. But um, night of podcast without Matt, what's your go-to Macca's burger or your Macca's meal? Mm, I could eat chicken nuggets every day, to be honest. Mm, I'm feeling nah. it. But if, but if I had to get a burger, a quarter, pound, a quarter pound is hard to get past. Yeah. 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 Oh, nice. Yeah, I used, to be a big, I used to be a staunch Big Mac man, but I've turned. Yeah. I've turned. <laughs> yeah. You know, I do, yeah. I do love a nugget, and, the boy, and I've loved a, a nugget for a long time. The boys bagging about that, but um, that, that was my recovery meal after a game most nights. Is, is was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to, times have changed, so. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I do like a nugget. So maybe, maybe next Thursday night, hey, on the way home from us beat the Raiders. Yeah, it's sounds perfect. good. Now, before you leave, one last question, man. I want to ask you. Yep. Your life's on. Your life's on the line, mate. A hundred meter dash. Who wins, Dom Young or Darren Albert? Darren Albert. There you go, Battles. Nice. There you go. You've heard it here. Yeah, I just well, don't, yeah, I don't think you're Well, Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. We uh, we greatly appreciate you taking your time to join us on the stream, mate. Um, very insightful, mate. It's as I said before, it's not many. There's not many um, people on this earth that have gone through what you have on the playing field for us, and then gone in the front office under completely different circumstances, mate. I found it. Incredibly interesting your insights, mate. Truly, um, absolute pleasure having you on the show tonight, mate. No worries, gents. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's nice to reflect and um, yeah, up the nights this year, hey. Eh? Up the nights, mate. Up the nights. Thanks, mate. Thanks, All right, mate. Thank you. See you, buddy. Good night. Well, there you go, Battlers. The one and only Matt Gidley. We told him only forty-five minutes, boys. We're going to have to pay him overtime. He's stuck around. He's stuck around yeah. the extras. He he's the Dylan Lucas. He's just doing extras. Went into Golden Point. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we went to Golden Point, and you know what? Everyone won. Everyone we got to won. overestimate our time next time. We, we always stitch up our <laughs> Oh, God. No. Well, Liv, Liv was on for about three hours, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that was only halfway. Anyways. <laughs> and that's only because she, uh, she had internet problems. Oh, yeah. that's right. Internet, internet problems. problems. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I'm at the round four. Yeah. It's two hours in. Yeah. <laughs> No, we love you, Liv. You wouldn't do that to us. You wouldn't do that to us. Um, all right, boys. Well, let's um, let's move right along, shall we, to uh, this week's Knighted News. All right, Battlers. Um, this week's Knighted News, we're going to kick it off. Bit of a sad note, unfortunately, um, with the passing of Lee Morn. Now, look, uh, for all the young, particularly the younger listeners, um, all the viewer out there, Lee Morn, 
sadly passed away on Wednesday due to Alzheimer's. Um, now, one of the absolute founding fathers of the Newcastle Knights, and that can't be understated. This man, ladies and gentlemen, fought for 11 years. He hounded John Quayle and Ken Arthurson, the then power brokers for the ARL, and saying, you bastards, give Newcastle a team. And he championed mm. this for 11 years, and he won. He won. We got in. We finally got the tick. Um, but, yeah, the, the team will be wearing black armbands to honour the great man. Look, some will remember him as the fan of Newcastle Knights. Other of you guys, you might remember him as the uh, radio and um, TV common sports commentator. But either way, the man leaves a lasting legacy. Um, and to quote the great man himself, said, we have lit a fire here which will never go out, that being the Newcastle yeah. Knights. So uh, thoughts and prayers to the family. Uh, but what a... You boys, you know, growing so. up in the area, um, yeah. you guys would obviously remember him on your TV screens. The commentary um, for MBN from memory, yes. is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we we wouldn't be sitting here doing this if it wasn't for him. I honestly believe that. Um, oh, 100. It's I I can't imagine life without the Newcastle Knights. I I honestly look back. Um, you know, we might even we we should put up some of our some of our photos of us as young kids in Knights jerseys. There, there's one where I'm about six years old and I'm wearing I think I'm wearing the '96 jersey. Um, so I must have been about seven or eight then. Um, and I'm I'm holding up a piece of wood. My brother's going to help me build build some goalposts in the backyard. I just I can't imagine my childhood and my life without the Newcastle Knights. So. I owe a lot of, you know, what I've been through to him. But I'd potentially still be a Manly fan if he didn't bring the Knights into it. So thank you very much, Lee. Jeez, what a travesty that would have been. Mm. So, uh, huge, huge, um, yeah, thoughts and prayers for uh, the Mourn family. Um, what a le- what a legacy to leave behind. You know, we all we all hope we'd leave something, some of a, a legacy that will go on forever and ever. But uh, Lee yeah. certainly managed that with this great, great football club that he helped found. Um, but look, moving along, guys. In some lighter news, Dwayne Johnson, boys. Dwayne mm. The Rock Johnson. If you um, <laughs> The man, no stranger to the, the entertainment industry, a professional wrestler. I think he stars, I think, on an average, about 300 movies a year. That might be a little bit of an underestimate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is no stranger to sports either. Uh, he wasn't drafted in the NFL, but did play in the Canadian Football League and before re- retiring into professional wrestling. In 2020, he did... Uh, purchased the XFL, which is kind of like the Reggies of the NFL, I guess is the best way to to, uh, to describe it, uh, which would later go on to form the, uh, sorry, the merge with the USFL to form the United mm. Football League, which kicks off later this month. Now, the Rock Boys, he has been offered one of these franchises by Rugby League America. I think they were selling them at 2.3 million. So, um, what do we think? A bit of star power behind rugby league? I like it. I fucking love it. He can buy, fucking offer him all of them. I don't care. Oh, exactly. And and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Rod Mackle Rod uh, Rob McElvaney and um, Ryan Reynolds. You know the guys that oh yeah, yeah the Wrexham. Wrexham. Yeah, um, yeah. They've also got shares in um oh what's the Formula One team? It's slipping my mind. Um. Anyway, they've also got shares in a Formula One team now as well. I wouldn't be surprised if if they jumped in on it as well. Yeah, I like that. They they love 
spreading their cash throughout sports. So, mate, it could be he could be the beginning of of something big. You never know. He knows what he's doing. He's looking at it, going, "Crow's done it. Why Mm. why can't we?" He went from having no money, like he's um created his own um uh, what is his promotional company called Seven Bucks because he literally at one stage of his life had nothing but seven bucks in his account. So he's gone from there. He's gone on to um being one of the the on the board of the TKO, which is now the parent company for the UFC and the WWE, two of the biggest entities in the sporting world, and he's on the board of directors for that. So he's got his own tequila, Mm. like. He's in, like you said, like 300-plus movies. Like, it's crazy. It sounds, it sounds like all he doesn't own is a rugby league team. He literally fucking owns everything else, right? Yeah. That's yeah, basically what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Al- Alpine F1 team, thanks, Justin and uh, Christopher. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Quick one, guys. We know, like I said, you know, you said he's got a lot of movies. What would be your favorite um, Dwayne Johnson rock movie? Like, just off the top of your head, if you had to think one. Now, there's a lot to choose from. Oh, shit. Um, um, is it Walking Walking Tall? Was it Walking Tall? Oh, no, oh, you're, going, you're going old school. Yeah. He yeah. saw hair in that, didn't he? <laughs> That's possible. Yeah. That's the one with, um, with Stifler as well, isn't it? Sean Do you know what? No, no, like... Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, I, I love yeah. that one. Uh, and Walking Tall. That's that's good as well. They're, go, they're um, probably my two favorite rock movies. I'll go Pain and Gain. I didn't mind. It's one of those movies. I watched that, 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 that the other day. If, it's, it, yeah. if someone had just told you, like, if it was just a script that was put out, and it wasn't based on a true story. You think this is the most bullshit. This would never happen. The f- mm. That's what makes it so outrageous. Pain and Gain Battlers. Yeah, check it, it was, out. It was good. I, yeah, I watched it the other day for the first time. I told yeah, you, um, yeah, a rock sleeper. If you haven't seen it, um, it kind of flew under the radar. It's called Driver. Dead Set, probably my favorite rock movie. It's like it's yeah, pretty deep it. and pretty violent and stuff. So you know, it's it's not one of the Disney movies, but yeah, Battlers. Oh, you guys yeah. Who haven't seen it. Driver. Check it out. Yeah. Really Justin good. Um, said Walking Tall with Johnny Knoxville. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking about Walking Tall, ladies and gentlemen, Latia Moth and Drecky signs a development contract for 2024. The six foot six, 197 centimeters. He's almost got me, boys. Almost got me. Uh, the Fijian Flyers joined, joined the club midway through last year after leaving, I think it was the Cowboys he was with, to link up yeah. with the Knights. Um, I think this is great news. I think a lot of us had our eye on him. Um, you know, look, he, he's probably a little ways from, from getting a first-grade berth, but boy, oh, boy, um, physically imposing. Great at the high bows. Yeah. Perfect specimen. Like, mm. yeah. 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 He's, he's got to be he's got to be working towards that right-winger spot, surely. You'd think so. Yeah. yeah. That's the dream for me anyway. Yeah, he definitely looks like your big – yeah, your next – I'd love to see his age. I haven't got his age there. If, if one of the battlers knows, chuck his age in the comments for us. Um, but, yeah, he looks like a real prospect. And, you know, he's obviously ticking some boxes. You know, you're not going to get these kind of contracts if, if you're not doing the right thing at training and whatnot. So uh, who knows? In six to 12 months, we you know, we might be talking Moth and Trekkie much, much more on the show. So um, also another player. Ladies and gentlemen, Fletcher Sharp. He's got out the Sharpie, boys. How's that one? Mm. Uh, signs a contract extension to the end of 2026 and also promoted to the top 30. We had two spots, one left by Ryan Rivette with one left now. Uh, he had, was already signed up until 2025, so this gives him the extra year on top of that. Um, 19-year-old Cessnock product. So, again, he, he look, did he absolutely brain it in trials? No. But with that being said, 
for a guy 19 years old and where he's at, mate, you can absolutely see some potential there. Yeah. Right? I don't I don't think anyone was happier, more happy with this news than I was. Um, I've been a fan of him for, for a while. Anyone that um, has been watching this, all the bench warmers, back in the bench warmers, I used to talk about him. I used to say he was the younger, better Paps. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't help notice him come through the grades the last couple of years. So, Bangles, if you know Sean, that is a huge call for him to compare him to Paps. So. To say he's better than Paps as well. So. Better. Um, yeah, I, I love him. He's, he's, he's a great player. Um, I just hope hope there's somewhere we can fit him and we don't lose him to another club like we did with Meany. Um, but, mate, what, what do you do with when you've got Kalen Ponger at fullback? Surely, though, um, if, you, if you give him that extension, yeah, he got until 26. Yeah. Like, I was the same as you. I was, I was thinking, boy, he looks like a prime suspect for, say, like a Canberra or a West Tigers a sort of snap him up and sweep in yeah yeah so the fact that we've locked him up even longer yes yeah great great signs and you know we were talking about Moth and Drecky potentially getting that wing spot let's be honest that that fullback jersey of ours you know touch wood Kalen nothing happens with Kalen Ponga he's got he's got an absolute mortgage on that thing for the next decade so um where do we think this leaves because obviously there is a future plan for Fletcher Sharp Obviously, it's going to be somewhere in the back line. So, do you think does his future lie maybe in the wings for the Knights or well, where I, else is I, there really? I honestly don't know because, as as you know, Link, I've been watching you know a heap of younger grades, um, and mate, this this SG ball side with uh, Connor Vo, Vo, Votano at fullback. Mate, he's an absolute we- weapon. And there's Wilson in the centres. Um, I don't know. I, I'm i starting to think I would love someone like a Connor Voltana on the wing, possibly, in years to come. So I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. When I think of Fletcher the selection, Sharp, The selection Wilson, migrates Wilson, continue. Wilson de Corsi or however you, you pronounce his, his last name. Sorry if I butchered that. And then Connor Votano, um, mate, I don't know. It's it's an absolute headache. There's going to be a headache in in another three, four years' time. Mm. A couple of battlers have amazing said, outside backs coming through SG Ball as well. Could mm. you push him into centre um, maybe? And, like, if, you know, Gags is only going to be there for so much longer, or is that maybe a plan that they've had and work him into that? <sighs> mate, right centre, I can tell you right now that right centre, I would be pushing for... Uh, Wilson DeCourcy for a right centre. He's an absolute weapon. Anyone that's seen the video I've put out um, which, yesterday, which we will that, be getting that, to later. That we'll get into that later. The hit on that that manly fullback, mate. He's an absolute weapon. I would love him at right centre in a few years. And Bradman at left. I think that's one of the most deadly centre pairings in the comp. Um, I think I've had we've had word too. I think that manly fullback still lying there. I don't think he's moved. Yeah, I I think the um the curry curry crown staff's been mowing around him for the last. Uh, yeah. You shouldn't laugh at that. The poor bastard. No, he shouldn't he's shouldn't laugh at that. Um, I shouldn't laugh at that. He's got the poor guy. Yeah, it's actually reports he's in hospital. Um, no, not really. Just from you know, Jesus, yeah. you bastard! I'm thinking, fuck. Oh no, this is alive, is it? Hang on, Alfie. Yeah, that that's that's where my mind would go. My mind goes, I want Wilson at right centre in a couple of years. So I'd 
Mate, I, I really don't know. It's a, it's a selection headache in years to come, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Fletcher Sharp's game plan, what it's going to be. Yeah. I don't. Well, if you do want to um, read in a little bit further too, guys, um, great articles on the Newcastle Herald. Um, our good friend of the show, Max McKinney, shout out to Max, um, loves the show and the podcast. Uh, did a really good sit-down interview with uh, Peter Parr. So if you want to read a little bit more of what you're going to say with with me about the the ponga magic uh sign last year oh mate don't, don't you worry mate the herald will be uh will be coming and knocking for us boys don't mm. you worry i'm sure we'll have something in the pipeline with those guys so um now moving right along uh battlers we hate to do this we keep talking about the poor bloke and his fucking injuries but <laughs> it is what it is jane braley um has come out and said uh basically going on record to say he is unlikely, uh, to quote the man, to play round one, uh, to quote Jane Braley, my body isn't feeling, is, sorry, my body is, sorry, my body is feeling good, really good with the knee, but I had a little hiccup with the hammy in January. It sort of hung around a little bit longer than I thought it would, but it's nothing serious. So, again, when you got these sort of injuries, battlers, um, your body sort of gets all out of balance because, you know, what knee, what knee did he do? Right or left? Yeah. Anyways. Let's say okay. it was the right now. I'm sure someone's going to correct me. I'm going to, mm. I've got a 50 fit pun on this. So um, I'm going to say it's his right knee, mate. More chance or not, it's probably his left hammy. He's just overcompensating. And you're talk, talking, you know, you hear rugby league athletes say this when you're sort of coming back from injuries, half the battle is when you rehab is coming, yeah. coming back well done all over. You don't want to be favoring one side more than the other because that's when you, these, these kind of injuries creep in. Uh, your mm. soft tissue injuries from just overcompensating things. So uh, probably probably something I'm sure the NRL physio will back this up is not really that uncommon when with guys coming off major knee injuries or anything like that. You're going to get these little twinges and that. Let's just hope for God's sake it's a good rehab. Maybe this is just a little blip. This this incident January that's a while ago January. So that they definitely keep that kept that well under wraps. We sort of didn't know it was that bad. That's quite a a while ago, that happened in January. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's it's hope it's it's not exactly slight because if you, you know, if you say, "Oh, someone's had a slight hamstring strain," they might be out two, three weeks. Mm. But for this to have basically kept him from the the main training group since January, that's more than a, a slight tweak. They might they might be underselling it a little bit. I think like, I think they, they are. They're not going to come out and say, oh, yeah, you know. Of course, he's going to say what he's going to say. He's not going to sort of raise alarm bells and say, you know, I don't yeah. know when I'm coming not in on this history. No, sure. No. So, but look, we, we all pray for Jaden Braley's sake. You know, it's it's nothing too serious. And But, um, yeah, take, take yeah. that with a, with a grain of salt, Battlers. So uh, that wraps it up for this week's Nightly News. Now, an exciting, exciting segment coming right up. Let's move right along to out of their league, shall we, guys? It's back-to-back premierships Newcastle Knights. Now, Sean, our resident NRL scout, mate, you've been camped and we actually not camped in front of the TV. We did a bit of that too, um, <laughs> mate. Out and about, you got the binoculars, mate. Yep, um, I've got my got my book out. Um, yeah, so out of their league this week, uh, let's run through a few games. Um, it, it, we'll start off with Andrew John's Cup. 
Uh, the Knights staged a late comeback in the Andrew Johns Cup, scoring two late tries against the Central Coast Roosters, coming away with a 24-law draw. Now, both the Knights and the Central Coast Roosters have finished their regular season, which I know is only five games, um, undefeated four wins and one draw, which is the best season to date for the Newcastle Knights Andrew Johns Cup. Um, we have had actually a conversation with the coach of the Andrew Johns Cup team. Um, Andrew recently. Jackson. Shout out Andrew Jackson. Yep. Um, mate, they're, they're, they're playing so well. Um, unfortunately, the same can't be said for the Knights Laurie Daly Cup side. They went down 40 points to 14. What's going on there, mate? They're in a bit of all sorts, aren't they? Yeah, they are, well. yeah. It's it's almost like we don't have enough talent to spread between the Laurie Daly Cup side and SG Ball. It's like mm. the SG Ball side is just completely stacked. And there's just... The other well, I guess that's what you want, though, right? You, you're trying it's, to promote... Yeah. You're not you, the competition isn't there to try and spread evenly. The cream rises to the top, and yeah, exactly. It is what it is. Good way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've only won one uh, game from their five. They they didn't have a, a great season. Now the Knights Lisa Fiola Cup girls they got their first win of the season with an impressive forty four to six win over the Seagulls. It's always oh, nice really? to see. A Knights team smashing the Seagulls. Um, the Knights Tasha Gale Cup side, they didn't fare too well. They had a three-try lead late in the game and gave away uh, gave up three tries to end up 24-all. They should have wrapped that game up. Um, now, Harold Matz, a late barnstorming try by Jace Cox sealed the win for the Knights in the Harold Matz Cup winning 16 points to six over Manly. And let's wrap it up with SG Ball. The SG Ball side had a huge win over the Seagulls, um, the Knights winning 54 points to 14. I was Oof. talking before about Connor Voltano. Um, him, Logan Aoke, um, I'd probably pronounce that wrong, Blake Doraini and Wilson DeCourcy, they all scored a double as well as a few others scoring Scoring work, now here's the footage that we were that we were talking about. Um, if, you, if you're eating dinner, battlers, or look away if you have a uh, if you're a bit squeamish. Yep, this is um, this is a massive. Cover your eyes, yeah. kids. Go to hunt. He'll put it high in the air for Letty Waits coming through. Oh, for Letty just oh. got hit by a truck. Absolute. Jesus. Actually, I'll go a steamroller. Steamroller sounds about right. Oh, absolutely levels him. Now, the player kicking the ball there, Fletcher Hunt. Remember, I was talking to uh, talking about him a couple of weeks ago, saying that I'm comparing him to um, to Tyson Gamble, saying he's very much a Tyson Gamble player. Um, he's just a very in-your-face player. He, he's a great six coming through at the moment. Great kick here by him. And then Wilson DeCourcy, who I was saying I want at right centre there, the number four that puts on this hit. Yeah. I want him at right centre in a few years. He is a fantastic player. He also scored a double in this game. And the player that scores the try off the back of this is Connor Votano. He obviously finish, finishes off a great kick. Um and, and backing up as a great great fullback should do, but yeah, I thought I thought our, our SG ball side is mate. It's it's phenomenal. 
that slow motion um, sound effects there as well. The yeah, I have to leave like that in there for sure. Just adds to it, adds to the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, you know, hats off to the that the poor bastard who got absolutely fucking poleaxed. Jesus. Now the, we we put that video up. We put that up on um, we put that up on on Instagram. That video. It's had over one hundred eighty thousand views. Which is insane. It's had over four hundred hours of viewing time for a fifteen-second video. It just—it's gone gangbusters. The world loves blokes just beating the fucking shit out of each other, boys. That's well, yeah, blokes, blokes just beating other blokes. Blokes on blokes on blokes. Blokes on blokes. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that that wraps up out of our out of their league for this week. Well done, mate. Sensational. Uh, Thanks, mate. Looks like looks like the depth, mate. The the tree roots are well and truly solid, boys. You can weather all kinds of storm or drought. Uh, the tree roots are looking rather good, rather good. <laughs> all right, um, something that mightn't be looking rather good. Uh, let's move it right along. We did a bit of a ladder prediction, boys, haven't we? And uh, mm. here we go. Let's un. I'm sure you you put this together, Sean. Just yep. let's unbox this, mate. What do you got for us, pal? Mate, um, Link, you want to you want to talk through your top eight? What, um, oh, right. what have you got in your top eight? Top eight, really no surprise here. Uh, minor premiers, I've got the Penrith Panthers. Uh, now, before, beforehand too, Motta had a disclaimer. This wasn't because I was equally surprised with some of these results, okay? This is when you sit down and do the predictor where you're not going, oh, I think they're going to finish here, da-da-da. You go through result by result. Mm. You do your best. And this is what it spits out, okay? Full yep. disclaimer. So I had a, I had a couple of these. I went, ooh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. But um, I had the – after I did it, this is what my result was. I had the Penrith Panthers at first, the Seagulls second, the Warriors and the Knights. That's it. Uh, Scott's got the, the hashtag there. Top four finish for the Knights with the Cowboys, Rabbitohs, Broncos, unfortunately, and the Roosters making the top eight with the Sharkies, Eels. This is a big one. I don't know if – an 11th – but I had the storm, so yeah, that surprised me. That, that's yeah, a fucking that's that's, that's that's a real big one. Um, the Raiders look away, Kurt. Um, the Dolphins, Bulldogs look away, Graham's Jane. I didn't have them at six. Um, the Gold Coast Titans, St. George Dragons, and the West Tigers getting the wooden spoon, boys. That rounded out my predicted ladder. Nice. Uh, well, my top eight, I had the, the Panthers as well, same as you. I've got the Broncos finishing second. And then the Seagulls, um, I think the Seagulls are in for a big year with Luke Brooks. I think he adds a lot to that side and a, a fit turbo. Um, I had Manly finishing, uh, sorry, Melbourne finishing in a very different spot to you. They're in, in my mm. top four. And, mate, I did the same thing as you, the the uh, ladder predictor website. Um, yeah, mine just put us out of the top four. Shame on you. Yeah. Shame on you. Yeah. You know, I, I could have, could have sat there and just stopped Melbourne and the Knights around, but I thought, you know what, I better stick with... You're stick an honest with, man. You're an honest man, Sean. You know, I better stick with what, what it's uh, spat out for me. Um, I got the Sharks, six, uh, Rabbitohs, seven, Roosters, eight, and then I've got the Warriors missing the eight. Um, I, that's that's a that's a big one. Warriors fans are coming. They're big, big, big fans of the show, mate. The Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cowboys, Bulldogs, Titans. I think the Titans are going to have an okay year, but um, yeah, for some reason they're quite low. The Eels. I, I just think 
I don't know, the Eels, to me, they're not as great as everyone makes I'm the, I, I'm the same as you, man. Yeah, I'm a bit off on the Eels. Yeah. Uh, Raiders, I don't think the Raiders are going to do too well this year. And the Dolphins, and unlike you boys, I've actually got the Tigers in 15th. And the yeah. Dragons collecting the spoon this year. Mate, that's, they'll take that. That's, a, that's, that's mm. as good as a grand final win, mate, for the Tigers. So. <laughs> yeah. so, okay, let's move into my boys. So my top eight, I've actually gone look away, Link. You're not going to like this. But I've gone the Broncos coming out Ooh. on top of it's gone with the old got to lose one to win one thing. So I was planned that they would go one step further. This was done before today's games, just to reiterate that. Um, but Panthers second. You know, you can't go against Sam. Melbourne, I liked what I saw from them the other day. So I think they're going to go really well. Knights in four, so same as you, Link. Top four, what was um, Scott Ridley in the comments has written here? You said... Um, you can't say it. You can only read it, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So um, Eagles, yep, same. Great halves of Brooks in there. I think they're going to do really well, and they showed that today. Uh, Roosters, we've got the Warriors still hanging in there, and the Cowboys are just going to slip in. So on that eight spot, I've actually got the Rabbitohs in my ninth spot, so they're just going to miss out. So they did play well today, though. So, but yeah, according to this, they're going to be uh, just out the side of that eight. I've got the Titans, um, the Eels, which, like you said, all of us have got the Eels down pretty far this year. Uh, the Dolphins, the Sharks. The Sharks, every year we do one of these predicted ladders. The Sharks screw me. So I'm, I would be surprised if the Sharks are like... So you're going to screw them, them. Storky? <laughs> Stick it to them. Mate, that's it. I'm taking it to them. Um, uh, Bulldogs, I think the Bulldogs are going to be uh, this year. Um, uh, Raiders, I'm down there with you, Sean. I think they're just going to drop off this year. You know, not really yeah. do a lot. Um, Dragons and, yeah, the Tigers. I think the Tigers will improve. Don't get me wrong. But I just think, yeah, I still think they're going to cop the last. Mm. Well, what did they? What did they say when they finished sixteenth? The, the chairman came out and said the only way is up, and they added a new team and they <laughs> they finished one spot lower. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fucking, it's always good to lay the boot in the Tigers. It makes you feel good about yourself. It does. It does. It does. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's move right along, shall we, to our next segment? Get ready for Storky send off battles. <laughs> Okay, Battlers, so before you send in any questions you may have, we're going to go through Storky Send-Off. If you want to play along at home um, or send us in some um, your opinion here, basically the rules are I'm going to ask the boys a question and you guys at home um, uh, play on. If you reply with play on, that means you agree, no issues, penalty, somewhat agree, and why. Uh, and a send-off is a disagree and no way. So I do watch and listen to a fair few potties, um, rugby league-related potties a week, some questions that come up on those shows. I do hear them and think, look, I'm really interested to hear what the battlers and the boys here think about those questions. So I've done that again this week. I can't remember the name of the I just like potty. that you think about me during the week, Storky. Oh, mate, it's not mm. in the shower, so don't get too excited. <laughs> but, um... well, I'm gonna... I'll stop thinking about you in the shower. Uh, that's Whatever. my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I can't remember who I got this, um, what potty I was listening to when I got this question. If I did, I'd give him a shout-out. Um, nothing like a knighted shout-out. But the question is, barring an emergency, is there any reason to leave a game early? Ooh. Oh, well, Mate, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a send-off for me. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think there's any reason to leave a game early. Is that have I done that right? Yeah. Um, I mean, to disagree. Yeah, no I, I can't. I can't even. You remember? Let's cast your mind back to. I believe it was 2017. That 62 to nil. 62 nil, or did we get four points um, against? <laughs> Against, against, doesn't doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you remember that game at home against Cronulla? I'm pretty sure it was 2017. We lost. 62. I think it was 16. I think it was 16. I don't think we would have scored that many. I think that, sounds, that sounds too much for us. Really? Um, yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was nil. Anyway, um, I mean 2016. I not that we scored. Oh, 2016. Yeah, 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 right. Um, anyway, I. <sighs> I couldn't bring myself to walk out early in that game. I just feel, I don't know, I can't I can't get up and do it. I just feel too ashamed. I feel way too ashamed. It just feels like everyone's going to be looking at you judging. And they do. Because you, let's be honest, we do that to other people. You see them get up with 10 minutes to go and you're like, yeah. 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 So, no, I, I, I can't do it. I can't leave a game early. The only time I've left a game early in recent history that I can think of was I left the trial game in Gosford with 10 minutes to go to make it to the bloody XBT I stayed on for four <laughs> fucking hours. That's the only time yeah. that I've left a game. And then fucking there's karma. Sean leaves the game 10 minutes early, gets yeah. stuck on an XBT for four hours. Well, so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that bloke. I'm going to one-up you, Sean. Yes. Mate, cast in mind 2015, another Horrible, horrible year for our club. That was a great year. I, stupidly enough, my uh, my dickhead Broncos mates, they all they're all fucking members and whatnot. Like, hey, Link, we got a spare ticket. Nights are coming up. Let's let's do this. So, you know, we go down Caxton Street, have a good time, and then get to the game. Getting absolutely fucking thumped, thumped. Mm. Um, obviously, we win a spoon that year. They go to the grand final, so they were they were on. We certainly were not. I'm in the thick of it, in full night's kit like I am right now, in the Broncos members, like seated members, just absolutely fucking copping it. Mate, I was this close to saying, boys, I'm sorry, I'm going to go take a piss and then just run the Milton Station. <laughs> just legging I, it. I was so <laughs> close. taking a while. That must be one big oh, piss. They just see you and running in the background. <laughs> I was so close, man. I was, you know, I had the thought. I had the thought, but... I stuck it out because I thought, mm. you know what? You're not going to break me. You're not yep. going to break me. So I'm going to give it a penalty. If I can bear that, and you you all know how much I hate the fucking Broncos, mm. uh, and, and we got absolutely thumped. Like, trust me, I was Googling how to forget recent <laughs> memories. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a penalty, mate. Yeah. No, I agree. Oh, sorry. No, I'm going to give it a send-off. Sorry, a send-off. You get send-off. Yeah, I'm going to go a send-off as well. I did say before this, I know some of the battlers will bring up in a minute, I said barring an emergency. So, like, obviously, you know, if there's an emergency, like someone's sick or, you know, you have to go or something like that, um, someone's brought up, um, actually, I'll bring it up here, Mark Spears has brought up an old bloke in 2011 against South, left the game in the back of an ambulance. So Ooh. those things are acceptable, you know. Are, yes. are, are they, Mark? Are they? <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only kidding, Kel. But um, yeah, I'm the same. I've we've all thought about it. We've all thought about it. But um, yeah, the yeah. judgment you give other people for doing it isn't worth doing it yourself. So, um, so I'll bring up a few of the battlers. What they've said here. We've got Justin said penalty. If there's a family emergency, partner is pregnant, or there's God forbid a death, then it's okay to walk out of a game. Yeah, like I just said. So yeah. mate, what what so what more could you want than having the birth of your child at a rugby league ground? 
I'd be like, love, oh please, God. we'll get the doctor to come to us. Let's <laughs> let's get out. I'm sure they won't find. They'll find a streaker, but a pregnant woman giving birth on the field, mate, play on. You'd be like, babe, it's golden. Point. Just hold it in for a couple, a little bit longer, mate. You get free free footage. I'm sure Channel Nine or KO will give you the footage of it, mate. It'd be awesome. Yeah, someone might come and interview you. You get get your mug on TV. Get, get Joey come up there, mate. How was that, bloody <laughs> blah blah blah? I'm go. sure they can. I'm sure they can dub into this. Is screaming into the background. <laughs> Uh, what have we got here? We've got um, Ian Gordon. As much as I love the team, there's only so much I can take. So looks like he's gone uh, play on. He's got no problem with it. So it yeah, does push I'm, you to those limits sometimes. I'm, I'm looking at Ian's profile picture, and I can uh, I can see some pain behind that man's eyes, mate. You look like a man that's might have gone through a bit. Yeah, he's been a lot of games. He pops he, up on the old socials. He's been around for a long time. So he's yeah. a member who sat through 16, 17, uh, 15, 16, 17 oh. for sure. Yeah. Good on you, Ian. He's got the scars to prove it. No no judgment here, pal. You got the battle scars, mate. You wear them proudly, brother. Yeah. Uh, We've got uh, Paul here. Paul Reimer said, send off and never walk out on your team. So, yeah, I agree, Paul. No one gets left behind. I can can think of a few games off the top of my head where I really wanted to leave early and didn't. Uh, 2018 at SFS. Um, against against the Roosters, um, it was it was the first time Pierce he would have played against his old team. I think they beat us, I think forty something. I was there with Adrian. Adrian can probably tell me what the score ended up being, but I'm sure they put forty points on us in that one. Um, another one I think was 2018 as well was um, down at Wynn Stadium when Tau Tau Moga. Tory's ACL uh, yeah. scoring that try in the the left yeah. corner, the left southern corner. Oh uh, um, yeah, poor old Mogo didn't have a good experience. That, that, that turned into a, another one where I did, I just couldn't leave early. It's yeah, I it, yeah yeah. We'll, we'll take Come a couple off. more just on this, and then we'll get into others' battles questions. Speaking of Adrian, um, he said send off, but I think he what do you yeah well he said I've done that and I was pretty pissed off. I have no regrets, and I took it as an early experience. So. So it sounds like he has. Adrian, like, Adrian, sending himself off. Yeah, himself off. There you go. See, you, Adrian. Uh, yeah. Um, Jeg has got a bit of a story here for us. So Jeg has said, "I couldn't go to a game and gave my mate my tickets." 2014, I think, versus Storm. He left with five minutes to go with oh. Storm well and truly in front. He heard the, heard the roar of the crowd from the, the car Kirk park. Idly. So, mate, I've converted. seen it before. Yeah. I've been at a game where people, you see people getting up and leaving, and you think, why are you leaving? It's only two tries in it. There's still like five minutes. Anything's possible. And yeah. we have pulled it off. So, yeah. 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 I have egg on their faces. But, um, but yeah, so we'll move into um, any questions. Battlers, have boys, you I, any questions in there? I've got a couple of questions for you, boys, that I, I thought we might start off with. Um, you know, we'll obviously talking about the massive loss of, of Lee earlier. Um, how would you boys, uh, what do you boys think of naming the nameless Western grandstand after Lee? Yeah. Well, Mike, what more could the, what, what more does a bloke have to do to get that? Yeah. Like, literally everything that's there is because of this bloke. Yeah. I'm exactly. Yeah. You know, there, there's always arguments over this player, that player. Why Without him, you don't have the players. So exactly. So why don't we name the nameless grandstand after him? Yeah. Well, suppose we don't do more of that stuff. Like some clubs do it really well, and like heck, they've got like let's not get into it, but they've got statues and things like that in North Queensland. 
yeah, besides Andrew Johnstown, we don't have that. Yeah, I can't believe Chief hasn't been on it in some way. Like, he's probably the most famous bar Joey, Knights player there is, and there's no... Like, correct me if I'm wrong, there's nothing at the stadium to commemorate his time at the club. Like, Mate, the, this Southern Hill should be the chief hill. The Southern Hill, where the atmosphere is, is very much the, exactly the how class. Chief played on the field. I feel like the working class drinking hill should be the chief hill. Mm. Yeah. Chief hill. That Seems like a man of all people, though. You, you could even have, you could, it sounds like you just about have any, judging by what Matt was saying, you even have the family hill. Chief, yeah, great Thanks, family man, great on the piss, put him everywhere. Yeah. So at the start of the game in the family, you see the little kids running around, kicking the ball and diving, rolling on the ground. And by the full time, you see that on the other hill, but just for different reasons. So, mm. yeah, yeah, it's definitely an experience. <laughs> so. Mate, my, uh, my other question, boys, um, looking towards the draw for this year, we haven't, we haven't really touched on the draw this year. What games are standing out to you as favourites for either – who we're playing, where we're playing, you're going to the game. Any games stand out this year on that draw to you boys? Uh, Magic Rand's obviously like a big one because we're gonna have we're gonna absolutely be ripping and tearing. Yeah, absolutely. That weekend, yeah. mate. Um, do you know? I, I don't know if it's sold out or not. Um, the game in Tamworth, Scully Park, West Tigers. I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm upset. I I decided to um not go to that because that's the week before magic round and i was like look i don't oh, really so... want to be doing what's camera <laughs> yeah. from here about f- three and a half four hours yeah. i was like i don't want to be doing a seven eight hour round trip mm. um the week before driving up because that's a bit of petroleum to you and i are driving up to magic round stalky i was like road trip cool. we're gonna put road together trip. some video yeah for the road yeah, trip. Up I there. Thought, you know what that, that's a little little uh too much driving in a short period for someone recovering from spinal fusion so yeah. I, I ruled myself out from tamworth unfortunately yeah, 100%. um games are really standing out to me would be obviously round one obviously this coming thursday is a a, a massive one for me and in terms of excitement um melbourne way is always a fantastic trip. Um, the wife and I have already decided that we're going to do Melbourne away in round 14. So that's one to mark down on the calendar for me. Canberra away is always a, a good trip. I always enjoy the the Canberra trip. So that's another one marked down on the calendar. And round 27, Old Boys Day. Old Boys, Old Boys Day, Day is always, always a treat. Yeah. Old Boys Day is always one to, to mark on the calendar as get excited for this one which the weather's you, starting um, to warm up a little bit finals fevers in the air you yeah. were down yeah. for old boys day last year link against the sharks how was your old boys oh, day experience mate, except mate i couldn't have picked two better games to fly down to truly mate it was just the best the best fucking week the best result i could possibly hope oh, for like, yeah. both games were don't get me wrong the uh i was far more convinced with the sharks game that you know, the Raiders gave me a bit of a heart attack. I was way too overconfident, but mm. nah, mate, it's great. It's great getting around. The battlers come up and say hello. Yeah, they buy you a beer. That's even fucking better. You're just sitting back talking rugby league and hearing stories, and that, mate. It's just, um, yeah, when it's starting to get in the springtime, warming up a bit, finals is just around the corner, mate. It's beautiful. I love yeah. those cold games. It's so weird. I think I was talking in our group chat, I was saying to Sean, 
I'm one of those weird people that I love to wear like a different jersey to every game. Like as everyone knows, we've all got heaps of them. So I wear a different jersey to every game. So even on those cold games, I don't <laughs> like to cover up my jersey. I know it sounds stupid, but I'll be sitting there freezing, thinking, okay, okay you know, at least I've got my jersey on. So I like to wrap the jerseys at games, but I am looking forward to just that cold feeling, sitting there, you know, with the blanket across you. Unlike when, um, you know, Sean and I went to the Raiders game in full kit wanker and we had like the Mate. shorts, the shorts on. It was freezing. I, we in I, that I have never been so cold in my life. It was in the shadow <laughs> realm. It was, it was freezing. Even the, the atmosphere and just being so into that game couldn't keep me bloody warm. I was freezing in but, those bloody oh, shorts, but, but, in Mate, shorts and... The Raiders took us out of it for a while there, man. Remember, yes, it was it oh, was half just... time, man. Yeah, half time. We were saying to each other, we better come back from this. We were shell shocked. Yeah. It wasn't until Dom made the break that the you know that the blood started getting flowing, and yeah, yeah, I, I, it was a bit like that. So yeah, yeah. I'm just looking for. I'm not looking too far ahead. There's plenty of games that are going to be awesome. You know, against the Roosters is always a good one because I always want to beat them really badly, especially mm. with Dom coming back now. When we play at home against them, and if the, hopefully Dom plays, that'll be an interesting mm. one. But I'm just yeah. really looking forward to it. I've taken the next day off work as an RDO. So I just want to go and relax, enjoy the game, not even have to worry about going to work early in the next day. It's just, mate, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. I, w- I was just about to say, Battlers, please send in your weird and wonderful questions. And then uh, our good mate, Gary, mate, last time we heard from you, I think you were in Rome um, or, or something like that. Um, we love these sort of questions. So don't come on here and think, oh, I can't send in the odd strange question. Any question you've got, yeah. any, hey, throw it at us, whether it's related or not. We we love your questions. So send through your questions. I'm going to throw out some weird stalky send-off ones in the future. So they won't all be league, you know, yeah. straight ahead related. There's going to be some weird ones hey. coming up. So jump on board the weird train and let's, chuck, you know. Chuck some, chuck some curveballs in there, guys. Chuck them in yeah. there. Love it. Uh, yeah. The hangover cure, boys. Yeah, so so Gazza's said, uh, what's your go-to hangover cure, fellas? Sorry for taking your question off your stalky. No, no, that's all good. Um, yeah, hangover cures. I don't, I don't generally get too bad of a hangovers now, but my go-to used to be just a Powerade the next day. I'd smash the Powerade. Mm. And this is going to sound weird, um, but growing up, um, we had one of those showers, which was a bath, you know, with a shower bath. Just yeah. lying down in the bath with the shower. It's so relaxing with a hangover, drinking the Powerade, mate. And a good lunch, a good lunch, like a good barbecue lunch, get you up and going again. That's my yeah. trick, yeah. Mine, I, I remember saying this on the show last year and getting absolutely smashed from you guys and the battlers out there about my hangover cure. And, hey, it fucking works for me. Um, so you can give it a go if you want, or if not, if it sounds horrible, don't worry about it. But for me, mine is a couple of pies. A, a pepper steak pie and a, a cheese and bacon or something like that. And here's the really weird part. I know. Chocolate milk. Chocolate yeah. milk with a couple of pies. You lost me. Mate, you hangover, lost me. hangover is gone instantly. I guarantee it. She yeah. is gone. Anyone thinks, mate, you know, what's that um, anchor man where he's like, milk was a bad choice. It's not. <laughs> Chocolate milk is not a bad choice with a couple of pies. Yeah. For some reason, it just turns your stomach into a rock, and mate, it's it's gone. Mate, you must have. You must have. Yeah, no. Hangover aside, gutted, mate, gutted how good steel. is a pie? I've how good is a pie and a chalky milk? Like hangover aside, mate. Yes. Breakfast or not? Breakfast. What's your go-to pie? Champions. 
It's, I, I'm craving a pie at the moment because mm. pies would yeah, be yeah. my – pies are my weakness. I love anything pastry, right? Pastry is my favourite. You weren't a sausage roll man? Were you more a pie or a sausage roll man pie, growing up? Pie man growing yeah, up. Pie. I, find, I find a sausage roll is more of an entree to the pie. That's how – that's the hierarchy for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, if I if I order if I go to a bakery, I have the the, the, the sausage roll is the appetizer and then the main course. So you have the, the combo. Pie. Mate, I've done that, mate. Been there, yeah. done that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Has to be a rip snorter of a sausage roll though. You have to you have to get there and it just looks really good. Like if it's just oh, a, if it's just a Vietnamese um bread shops, you know, it's just gonna be breadcrumbs and I don't want mm. it. But no, like uh, pies to me are my biggest weakness because I love pastries. Like anything pastry is phenomenal for me. So when you mix that with meat, gravy, and all the goodness of a pie, mate, she's my weakness. So I love pepper steak. Pepper steak's my go-to pie. Yeah, they do. Oh, nice. Bacon, I don't mind a bacon, bacon and cheese. Bacon and cheese, has, yeah. It has to be the proper big chunks of steak. <laughs> like none yeah, of those good ones. They're the $5 pies. They're not the, um, you know, $2 pies, those ones. No. Yeah. While we're actually while we while we're talking about bakeries, going to go a bit of a rant here. I was driving at, at the country Queensland, the oldest the oldest town in Queensland. It's called Gainder, and you rocked up one these... where Kurt went to the other week. No, okay. So lovely old town. You know, you think these old towns. You see, you see these nice old brick buildings, and you see a bakery. Yeah, again, country folk. They're good on it. Good, honest yeah. people. Yeah, mate, you can smell gonna, it before you see it. In those type mate, of you're gonna go there. Yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be unreal. So I fuck yeah. yeah, I was starving. Call in there, uh, get a pie and whatnot. And I'm a sucker for the um, cream donuts, the long cream donut, right? Fuck yeah, load me up one of those. Smash the pie, whatever. Get to the cream donut. I don't know why they do this. Mock cream. Yeah, no, that's shit. Why? Why does mock cream exist when you have cream? I don't get. Who is buying? And you go to some bakeries and there's mock cream with cream. You're a fucking psychopath if you're buying mock cream when there's a yes. fresh cream donut. I'm sorry. Mate, um, I don't even go there. Vanilla slice, mate. The custard, oh. custard vanilla slice, whatever they call it. Vanilla mate. slice from Miller's. Miller's doesn't even Miller's get a look slice? in the old donuts when they're around. Mm. Yeah, vanilla slice is pretty classy. Vanilla, vanilla yeah. slice from Miller's at Warner's Bay. They do a good yeah. vanilla slice. I just mm. run through a couple of the battlers' um, hangover cures. Um, uh, Justin has said his go-to hangover cure is a cup of tea and Vegemite on toast before he goes to sleep. So You classy, classy man. That'd be, yeah. But he said before he goes to sleep, that'd be like awkward at times. You know, it's like 3.30 in the morning, you're stumbling home from the club and you're just putting stuff in the toaster and... Yeah, I can imagine what that mess you'd wake up to next. The next morning, the toaster's on its side. There's like Vegemite all over the counter. Uh, fun times. Yeah, I I love Vegemite. How good is Vegemite? Man, Honestly, I, I, I get, Vegemite I get so triggered by when you see these Americans trying Vegemite and they, eat it they, just, they just can't handle it. Well, this is the thing, right? And that's I was having a discussion with the wife a few weeks ago, actually. And she's like, yeah, it's because they will either stick the spoon in their mouth or whatever, and mm. it's not great. And I was like, piss off, it's not. And I just grabbed a tablespoon and chucked a literal tablespoon in my mouth. It's salty as fuck, but it's phenomenal. It's like I, I can eat it like that. 
I yeah, love no. Vegemite. It is sensational. Unless you do it too, um, Link. Um, yeah, I couldn't eat it like that. I have to have butter with mine. And I've always wondered why mm, most people do have butter with it. I Vegemite sandwich. Mm. Uh, see, most people do, and it's always made me wonder why it just doesn't really come with butter in it. But um, I suppose for people well, then like you would have liked that cheesy mite. It was essentially just Vegemite and butter. Yeah, it was a little bit different. It wasn't too bad. I remember tasting it the first time, thinking it's all right. And then it's one of those things, the second time you taste it, you're like, yeah, this maybe isn't as good as I first thought it was. But um, it didn't stick around for too long, did it? So it didn't go too well. It didn't. But, um, no. Second uh, second season syndrome, the old cheesy mite. Yeah, the old cheesy mite. There you go. Um, everyone's shooting through all their different type of pies. So. As long as you're not a Marmite person, you're good in my books. Why yeah. would you go Marmite when you got bloody Vegemite? It just doesn't make mm. sense. Mm. Um, Adrian's gone cherry pie, so he's gone totally the other direction as far as pies go. So in the comments here. So mm. Yeah, Marmite eaters are right up there with your mock cream eaters, just psychopaths, just... Put them on yeah, a watch yeah. list. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Lemmingtons is another popular one to go with the pies. Some of the battlers, they're just throwing out some of them here. Um, but yeah, so well, well, nice standard on food. Speaking of watch list battlers, this Tuesday night, we are back for Team List Tuesdays. Get ready. So <sighs> coming at you now around? twice a week now, boys, twice a week where mm. workload has doubled. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for Team List Tuesday. But uh, what do you think, boys? I think that just about does it. A fucking humongous episode. My God, I we get paid overtime. If Matt's getting paid overtime, I want my overtime. That's what <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, but cue the music, Sean. Let's do this, brother. Um, if you haven't already, please go follow us on all social media platforms. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, all the good stuff. You guys know what you're doing there. Um, LGB Marine guys, support. The platform that supports us, lgbmarine.com.au. Without them, we cannot be doing what we are doing. But for now, that's about it for me. Don't just have a good night. Have a Newcastle night. Join the Knighted community at thenighted.com.au and on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Knighted Podcast. Until next time, good night. Good night.